Thanks for joining us and welcome back to the Watchman on the Wall podcast. Periodically, we'll bring you true stories of angelic encounters, heavenly visitations, near-death experiences, as well as modern-day prophecies that are relevant to us today. When we come back, we'll begin our next episode. Welcome back to our podcast. You know, we live in unsettling times here in America, as well as around the world. But today we're going to focus on America. Now, we've seen what's been going on at our southern border here in America with an invasion of migrants from around the world. We have inflation, a decline in morals, as well as governmental officials not only spying and raiding the homes of everyday Americans but persecuting and trying to put into prison their political opponents. Now today we're going to hear from Perry Stone, who has found a correlation between empires that have fallen in the past and what's going on now here in America. I think you'll find his findings very enlightening. So without further ado, here now is Perry Stone. I want to thank everybody for joining me today on the Manifest Telecast for a very uh, important teaching. And uh, we always put a title on our teachings. This one is called History Reveals How America Will Eventually Fall. Now, this is something that most Americans either try to ignore or they uh, mock when you say it. Uh, But others are fully aware that based on where we were, even when I was growing up as a child, uh, 40, 50 years ago, we have fallen uh, from a precipice of power, uh, of respect uh, in the realm of the economy, shaking up in the economy. So let's get into this immediately without just doing a long introduction. The fact is this, we are what is called a democracy. And the fact is democracies do not last forever. Uh, one of the first places Uh, that is given credit for the ideas that forged Western democracy is Greece, especially Athens, Greece, where the people shared power and were able to elect and vote in or vote out their representatives. And so a democracy is a place, a nation per se, where the people, people are supposed to share the power and be able to vote in or vote out the representatives who help assist in passing the laws for the country. And a democracy, if we go back to Athens, has been in existence off and on at different times for 2,500 years. One of the first democracies were the Phoenicians. And you'll have to do some study to figure out who they were. And they were governed by an assembly, and the assembly made the key decisions. And then there were uh, particular democracies from time to time in the era of Mesopotamia. Mesopotamia, of course, is where Abraham was from, and the power uh, in certain parts of Mesopotamia rested in the male uh, free citizens. In other words, the slaves were not permitted to be involved in the politics, so the free citizens were involved in the politics. It was a very loose system, nothing like what you see today. And then um, the Roman Republic started out as the Roman Republic, later became the Roman Empire, uh, was patterned after a lot of the Greek political ideas. 
And so they were also considered a form of or a type of democracy, although they were ruled by emperors, and many times the emperor became a dictator. Now, back in that day, Roman time, when you said dictator, it, didn't, it was not a negative word as it is used in our culture today. So why do democracies eventually fall or why do they eventually fail? And we're going to show you a pattern of a past a historic democracy and how it fits the United States 100%. Not 50, not 80, but 100. Now, it is said by some scholars or historians, I should say, that democracies last an average of 200 years. Lord Tyler was a Scottish historian who studied democracies, and he said that it, they average about 200 years. Some have went as far as to say they can continue for up to 250 years. And when they asked him why he felt democracies fail, he said when people discover that they can vote money for themselves out of the public treasury, or when they can get free money from the government and they discover that the people they vote in can help them do it, that's when democracies will eventually fail. And as someone said um, from England a few years ago, uh, eventually the treasury will run out of other people's money and then the problems begin. They run out of the tax revenue, they have to raise taxes, they raise taxes, jobs are lost, you know how the pattern develops. So America is in a democratic erosion mode. The, the, the democracy that we have known and we've grown up under in the United States is beginning to slowly erode. We have election mistrust from both parties, government overreach, reach, extreme government regulation, gridlock in the Senate and the House, third parties rising up, not just Democrats and Republicans, but independents, third parties, and sometimes fourth parties rising up, which splits the entire country into pieces. We have recessions. We have possible hyperinflation, which would be horrible if it came. Unsustainable government debt, insider trading in politics, corruption in politics, lack of workers. People just don't want to work today. Dependency on free things from the government, the complete destruction of values, the decline of the Christian faith, the decline in respect of churches and the Bible. We are in an absolute mess. And so... One of the things that may have happened to us is we are a melting pot of different religions coming in, different ideologies coming in. Uh, we've had people from communist countries come in. Most of them raised in a communist country do not approve of it, but there are others who are trying to uh, democratic socialism, whatever you want to call it. And so the point is that we are in a hodgepodge of ideas that are splitting and divided the country. And I want to remind you what Jesus said. He said, a kingdom divided against itself will not stand. And then he said, a house divided against itself shall not stand. For some reason, I always think of the U.S. House of Representatives. And that, of course, is not what he's talking about. But the principle is the same. If politics are divided, the country will eventually have problems. If a country is divided, the country will eventually have problems. If a kingdom is divided, it eventually cannot stand. It will collapse on itself or it will collapse from within. Now, without a doubt, history repeats itself. The Greeks believed that history was cyclical. Uh, cyclical. Let me get it right. So I'm, I'm going to use the term because I always have problems saying that word. It was a circle. Time moved in a circle. And uh, when we talk about time moving in a circle, it has a beginning point 
it goes full circle and it comes back to where it began. Now that's the idea from a verse I have used for years, Ecclesiastes 1, 9 and 10, that says, basically, the thing which has been is that which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be done, and there's nothing new under the sun. Now, our founding fathers, and you know, you know, uh, George Washington, well, you didn't know him, but you know of, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, John Hancock, all these, Benjamin Franklin, the men who were called the founding fathers of the United States were very, very versed in reading. They not only read scripture, but they read historical books. And there were great historical books that were written back in their day that were in print that dealt with the Greek and the Roman Empire. So when the founders began to place the idea of a new country and a new nation, they founded on the democratic principles of the Grecian Empire. And also they added ideas from the Roman Empire. Now, I've said this for years that America's spiritual patterns, spiritual patterns now, are closely connected to the nation of Israel. 13 tribes, 13 colonies, Israel crossed the sea to get to their promised land. The pilgrims crossed the ocean to get to America, which they called their new promised land. They were divided between, Israel was divided between the north and the south. America was divided between the north and the south. So spiritually speaking, our patterns in the United States are spiritually patterned after the nation of Israel. Then the political patterns of the United States are patterned after the Roman Empire. Now, what I'm sharing with you right now is not something that I'm just starting to teach. It's something I've taught for many, many years. And I have a long list of what I call the parallels of America and Rome. And we might be able to bring this on, on, on the screen. I don't know. It's very lengthy. But it says Rome and America, and then I give a parallel. So let's go with this. Rome and America. Both were the military superpowers in their time. Both occupied with military troops the Middle East. Both dealt with the nation of Israel and the Jewish people. Both had a capital hill. In Rome, it was Capitolina, which was where the Senate met. And by the way, both had a Senate. Let me add that in case I didn't put that in the list. Both had two political parties. Both had the eagle that represented their military emblem or national emblem. You know, you have the eagle that represents the president of the United States, the seal of the presidency. Both experienced wars over slavery. Both Rome and America allowed the killing of infants. Both Rome and America practiced the same-sex lifestyle. Both Rome and America permitted uh, gay marriage. Nero, who was an emperor, actually married a young boy after he murdered his wife. And that's, of course, in history. I think he married uh, young boys twice. So there's a parallel between America and, and Rome. Uh, Rome and America built stadiums for sporting events. Uh, both had races. Rome had the chariot races. Of course, America is very famous for their NASCAR races. Rome and America both stood for a national anthem. Both Rome and America put their heart over, hand over their heart when uh, saluting their flag or hearing their anthem. Rome and America became possessed with luxuries, and America is becoming. And when I say became, we're using Rome past tense and America in the present, of course. In Rome and America, the athletes have been some of the highest paid people in the past and today. Uh, enormous, enormous pay, enormous honoring to their athletes. Roman America began accepting all religious uh, Eastern religions. Rome and America both conducted a major census. Roman America had houses of prostitution. You say, really? America has that? 
If there are cities where prostitution is legal and permissible, and there are most cities where prostitution exists. Pompeii, the city of Pompeii, had 25 brothels that a man could walk into and there would be paintings. We're not going to show you this on Manifest, but they would have paintings on the wall, number one, number two, number three, number five, up, up to 20 different paintings of the positions or the act that you could pay for. And as you paid, you would point to the picture and there would be a prostitute that would perform that. And so uh, some of the historians of uh, antiquity say that the corruption and the sexual perversion that was in Pompeii was one of the reason that they that uh, one of the reasons they experienced the judgment they did. That's an entire another historical message that you could show parallels on. Uh, Roman America both sent armies to keep the peace. Now that's just that's just a small list that I could give you showing you how America is patterned exactly after the Roman Republic, which later became the Roman Empire. We'll be right back with more of Perry Stone right after this. Hello again, this is The Watchman. Please join us each week for an exciting and inspirational podcast dealing with angel encounters, heavenly visitations, near-death experiences, as well as modern-day prophecies that are relevant to us today. So tune in each week and share it with your friends. After all, they could use a little inspiration in their life, too. That's the Watchman on the Wall podcast, and now you can find us on YouTube. Turn now with part two of our podcast with Perry Stone talking about the fall of America. Now we come into this particular study. What destroyed the Roman Empire? What caused it to get into the condition that it was in? After all, it was it, they had Pax Romana. They were keeping the peace to all the nations. Strongest military in the world. Best paid military. Healthiest military. And so many other things you could talk about. All right. Here are... Uh, I have listed here five things that are in history that have been recorded by historians. Some of them were recorded by a man by the name of Gibbon that wrote about the history of the Roman Empire. So let's look at these very carefully and see if they fit where we're at in the United States. Number one was tax issues. The Roman Empire had to raise enormous amounts of money to pay for roads that were deteriorating, bridges that were deteriorating, to meet the needs of the military and to service their national debt. They had a national debt like America. So we're seeing that now where we're having to repair the bridges, repair the roads, repair the infrastructure. So we're at that same level and it requires state and national tax money to do that. Number two, the farmers eventually discovered in Rome and around Rome, in Italy actually, that uh, it was too expensive to farm and they gave up their farms to actually sell them and go to other lands. So they began to lose their farms. Now that's happening in the United States right now as I speak. Number three, they had developed a dole system. It's called the dole system or welfare system. And people began to depend on doles and began to depend on what they call bread and circuses, free bread and doles or free bread and government handout of money in order to survive. So eventually more people got on government assistance than were actually working. And they passed a law in Rome that if you had a job, you couldn't quit it because they needed somebody to work to pay for the other people who weren't working. Does that sound familiar? 
with the United States. The senators, so it became about remaining in power and doing whatever you promised the people to keep the votes. And they lost concern, the true concern for the people over their authority of wanting to be in power. That was the senators in the Roman Empire. Bankruptcies began to spread. And as the bankruptcy spread in the Roman Empire, a citizen had one of three choices. Number one, join the Roman army, which at least gave you free food and a salary. A lot of people, a lot of men did that. Number two was to leave Rome and go to a brand new country and start all over again. And that began to happen in the later part of the Roman Empire. Number three was simply go on government assistance and depend on the government to give you what you needed for survival. And so those were your three choices. Now, I was I read once, and I may have read this from Gibbon, or I may have read it from another historian, that there were 400 senators under Nero when Nero served. Now, Nero didn't serve one year. He served for many years. But during that time, 400 senators lost their family name and had no children because the tax rates were so high on the rich that they determined not to have children because they were afraid they couldn't afford to have children. So this is the end of the Roman Empire. Now, here's the thing. They begin to tolerate every religion. The Roman Empire was tolerance. That was their theme. We are tolerant of all people except Christianity. And I'll have another message that I'll deal with on that. You may, it may have already been aired. I don't know, but it may be coming up on Manifest. So they begin to blame Christians. Nero burnt Rome, Circus Maximus, and he burnt, he burnt about 80% of it to the ground. And when he did, he blamed the Christians. So the Christians were blamed for the fire of Rome. And so both, I'm going to read this if I may. Both secular and Christian historians and sociologists note that America may be on the same decline as the ancient Roman Empire. Edward Gibbon, the man I was speaking of a moment ago, wrote the decline and fall of the Roman Empire in 1788. So our founders were familiar with this writing. He also summed up five reasons why great civilizations eventually fade away and die. Now, those of you living in America, I want you to listen to this. This is written about the Roman Empire. But look at the parallels of America. Here's what makes an empire fall and a democracy collapse. Number one, the undermining of dignity, the sanctity of the home as the foundation for human dignity. So when you undermine the traditional family, that's the beginning. Number two, higher taxes and higher public government spending. We're there. Number three, the craze for pleasure, sports, and the increase of violence and brutality in sports. We're there. The building of great armaments when the real enemy was within. In other words, we're trying to build uh, armies to protect ourselves from enemies without, but the real enemy is with, within, including the decay of individual responsibility. People do their thing. They have no individual responsibility. Oh, when something goes wrong, they're always blaming somebody else. They always make themselves the victim and everybody else was the blame. We see that today. And here's the last thing that uh, Gibbon wrote in 17, 1788, the decay of religion, faith fading into mere form. In other words, Paul warned about the last days, a form of godliness, but denying the power and from such we should turn away. So that's in the scripture. Uh, faith fading into mere form, losing touch with life, religion, religion losing its power to guide the people. So basically, we are at the warning point that Edward Gibbon gave in 1788 here in the United States of America. Rome had corruption, high taxes, persecuted Christian, persecuted people of the faith, and Rome fell from within first, and then it became overrun by 10 tribes, 10 Germanic tribes, that eventually took Italy over and the, the whole 
Roman Empire was divided up with these ten groups. Some people say that was the fulfillment of the ten kings and the Antichrist, but the Antichrist never came during that time. So that was a preview of what would come in the future. That's what I, how I interpret that. So, uh, 250 years is the max that most people place on a d democracy enduring until it collapses. July 4th, 2026, America will be 250 years old. We'll celebrate our 250th year anniversary, and we are in serious trouble. <clears throat> now, let me explain to you what's happening. For example, the dollar has been the reserved fiat currency with every nation of the world. Uh, many years ago, oil was pegged in dollars, and many years ago, gold was pegged in dollars. Now, with the uh, recessions, the economic situations, the rise of uh, nations such as China, uh, which represents the kings of the East in the book of Revelation, what is happening is people, they're, they're, they're trying to do this. They haven't succeeded yet, but they're trying to go to a digital currency. Then the government's talking about a Fed coin, and then they're eventually going to go to a global currency to put all currencies on the same level. Now, that's the plan. If you, if you have my book, The um, American uh, Apocalyptic Reset, you, you, you've heard me talk about some of these things. Now, let me say this. Listen carefully. The world is beginning to unite in coalitions. And some of these coalitions are completely rejecting America and America's ideas. Now, one of the things that the nations of the world... Some of them like mostly democracies, but the non-democracies hate is how America is able to sanction a country and to lock up their money in, in the United States and not give them access to money. And, you know, we've done that the past really, really for many years. We did it with Iran. We did it uh, limited with Russia, different countries. Now, most of the nations of the world do not like that. They don't like the control that America's had over their money and their economy. So the coalitions are coming up with their own ideas. You have the BRICS. Uh, you have, of course, you still have the EU and so on and so forth. These coalitions, according to Scripture, are going to form the final empires of Bible prophecy with the most powerful of those empires lasting the last 42 months of the tribulation, which is the empire of the Antichrist called the kingdom of the beast. And in Revelation 17 and 18, you can read about it, and you can read about how it will be uh, it'll be it'll, the Antichrist will head up one of the seven previous empires of Bible prophecy, which is dead but will revive, and it's the territory of ancient Babylon, Syria, Iraq, uh, Lebanon, that area. He'll revive that in one unit. That's coming in the future, and that's an entire another message. And then the Antichrist will take ten kings, and I believe these predominantly are going to be ten Islamic nations, not the EU, but ten Islamic nations. And that's where he forms the eighth kingdom for 42 months, which will be the most dangerous kingdom on earth that there's ever been, according to Daniel 12 and 1. And it will, the Bible says in Revelation 13, who can make war against the beast? There'll be a time that this beast kingdom looks like it's defeated, and then it comes back with a vengeance. And the reason it's able to come back in Revelation 13 and Revelation 12 is Satan gives his authority over to one person, the Antichrist, and gives his throne and his authority over to that one person in an attempt to bring complete destruction to the world and also to the nation of Israel. So my point is, we are at the point now, no, we're not getting there. We're already there at the same place where the Roman Empire has been. I hope that you'll share this message with as many people as you can. And uh, if you see it on social media, give it a thumbs up so it will stay before the people, people in the United States especially, and the Western Hemisphere, really, 
need to hear this message. Hello again, this is The Watchman. Please join us on our new video channel called Encounters from Beyond the Veil. It's the same exciting content as our audio podcast, but in a shorter, but yet a video format. Also, please subscribe so you won't miss any of our episodes. That's Encounters from Beyond the Veil, exclusively found on YouTube. Well, thanks again for listening, and if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends. Any comments or suggestions you may have, you can send to the Watchman on the Wall 2020 at gmail.com. We encourage you to subscribe so you'll always be notified of our future episodes. Well, thanks again, and we'll see you next time on the Watchman on the Wall podcast.